Durham brings it across midcourt. He's getting harassed by Evans. They still have fouls to give Cheshire. Here's Sloan to the basket. Out to Ornwas. Sloan in the corner for the win. Oh! Can you believe it? David Sloan wins it on the buzzer. And the Caledonian gladiators go wild. Wow, they got exactly what they wanted. They got their leading score open in the corner. And this time, he delivered. David Sloan Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gladcast Basketball Podcast, the podcast all about the Caledonia Gladiators. On this episode, as the season draws closer, we are joined by men's coach and legend Gareth Murray. Gareth, welcome back on the show. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. So last season was a memorable one, memorable one for the club and no doubt yourself. You became the second coach in franchise history to bring silverware back home and a strong fourth place finish in the regular season before unfortunately going down to the Phoenix with a playoff defeat. Gareth, quickly sum up last season before we concentrate on the new campaign. Yeah, obviously a very successful one for us. Being bought over right at the beginning of the season, name change, a couple of changes throughout the season and then obviously winning the trophy was a huge accomplishment for myself, for the guys, for the club. Um, disappointed to, like you say, to go out in the playoffs, but there's only ever one winner in the playoffs, so um, we didn't make it as far as we'd like to. But yeah, overall, a very su- successful season for us. Uh, now we're just looking forward to the new one. So the news broke two weeks ago about, obviously, the passing of former Rock and your former teammate, Rob Yanders. What would sum him up as a player and as a guy for you in your career? Um, he was one of the guys that kind of got me started in basketball, to be honest with you. Um, I turned up to a trial in Kevin Hall, I think it was 2005. Uh, Ross Hutton was there. Um, Rob Yanders had just moved to the club. Ian and Celeste Reed were the owners. Steve Swanson was the coach. and There wasn't too many people at the trial. and uh, the, the team was kind of already filled. But Rob was like, no, no, I think we should definitely take this guy. Um, a Scottish guy for sure. Like we can, we can, we can help him and help him develop. So he's kind of the guy that got me started with the with the rocks, and then we played together for five years. Like you know, when your teammates, you he was a guy that stayed over over the summertime. He wasn't the guy that went back to America for long. He would come back pretty quickly. So we we hung out quite a lot over the years. Um, he's like a competitor, right? He's a fighter. Wanted to wanted to win no matter what. Did everything he could. Uh, to win games, um, like a, a guy that was about developing in, in the community as well. So I know he did a lot of stuff with um, Glasgow City Council, and he was doing that on the t- on the side as well as playing for the Rocks. He was uh, doing stuff, um, trying to keep kids off the street and, and gangs and stuff like that. So he was he was all about the community and trying to help people become better and uh, a, a good friend over the years. Um, and then he moved on back back to the states with his family and uh, was doing the the basketball movement stuff, which was a huge success as well. Which um, got a lot a lot of players um, developing a lot of players, youth players, into trying to get them to the next level. So yeah, quite quite a sad uh, ending for him, to be honest with you. Like a, a guy that I I kind of looked up to a lot when I was younger, and, and he had that fighting, that competitive spirit about him, and he he always did whatever he could. And, like a great player as well. Yeah, brilliant. And a sad loss to the kind of basketball world. So we head into the new season with a massive change of scenery. What you touched on at the start there, we record this in play sport with it being close to completion and almost kind of game ready. 
Uh, what does it mean for the club to have this facility and the plans that are ahead for it? Um, yeah, it's, it's huge. It's huge for us, for the, for the club. We get both the men's and women's teams playing under in one venue. You have a practice court there that you can practice whenever you want. You're not getting kicked off for other sports. It's, it's your own venue. You can make it your home. You can practice. You've got your own changing rooms where you can leave your stuff there. You're not having to take it home and you don't have your own locker room. All, all, all those it's little the things. things isn't it? Yeah, all the simple things. It's, it's, uh, it's perfect for that. But it's about building the club as well. Like, and if we think about wh- what we are as a club right now, we've got a few... Like the the women's side of it is, is quite a big programme already where they have the 12s, 14s, 16s, 18s and seniors. Um, we need to start doing that on the men's side as well, on the boys' side. We still want to start growing the club. We're going to get more into the community. That's already been started for a good six to eight months, maybe a bit longer than that. Um, so we're definitely starting to to build and and but we want to we want to have a home where we can we can call home and we can start building out that way. So in terms of that, we it's 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 a huge for the club. I don't know. There's there's nothing bigger to be honest with you. Like Stephen Allison have coming in and and showing the the what they want basically. They want they want to they want to um, make this the the biggest club in the UK really that's what they want to do they have their own arena with the plans to having the second a bigger arena coming in they want to they want basketball to be something that people can come and enjoy and in, in terms of the entertainment part but they also want to get kids playing basketball as many kids as we can playing basketball and grow the sport in Scotland so they have a good vision about what they want to do with that and I think we're we're very thankful for them We've, we've thought about these things over the years and, and someone's actually come in and, and invested their own money it's and their the own time it, yeah exactly yeah. they've invested their own money and time as well it's not just the money part it's the, the time and the vision they have and now we have a lot of people in place that can try to put that vision together so we're almost there on the, uh, the arena part but we're I would say from what listening to what the plans are I think we're just uh, this is just the start of it yeah it does does definitely appear so as well so Back to yourself. Congratulations on a kind of three-year extension of the club. Uh, we head into this next chapter of this kind of story as the club embarks on not only managing a kind of European schedule, but an ex- an expectant kind of scheduled domestic action. Uh, how has this off season been in comparison to ones before? Um, it's, it's a bit similar, but there was a bit of the uncertainty over the summertime. Like we knew we had entered into the. The European competitions, but we weren't sure where we were going to get placed. We weren't sure if we were going to get to do the basketball Champions League qualifiers, or if we were going to have to do the the FIBA Euro Cup um, qualifiers. We weren't really sure where we were going to be placed. There's a lot of uncertainty over the summertime. So when you're recruiting players and you're trying to speak to the agents about what competition you did, what, 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 what I was saying was we were just going into European competition. We weren't sure FIBA was deciding which mm. which part we were going to be in, but we knew we were going to be in some part of it. Was it going to be one game? Was it going to be six games? We, we didn't know that part of the time, so it was kind of difficult on that end. Um, but the the with the budget increased, I was able to to reach out and to bring in some higher level players and we've maybe had more experience definitely um, and they're building, it was building a deeper roster you know previously we had eight nine ten guys now we have 13 guys now that can that can contribute on the court so it's kind of it was a summer where we decided we were going to start the first of august around the first of august usually we start around the first of september so we're kind of brought it a month early so trying to get recruitment done in that time right after the season 
I had kind of done a lot of work previous to that and right as soon as the season finished I kind of went straight to work with recruitment working with Matt Hoffer at Scoutery um, watching a lot of players I had an idea of what I wanted to do and who I wanted to get fairly early um, for me it was about trying to get the British players signed up straight away so that was my, that was really the first thing I did was um, we already had Pharaoh signed up Kyle Jimenez um Fraser Malcolm Prince was already on a, a two-year contract. Um, we knew Johnny was already going to be working at the club, um, so it was about trying to f- fill the other spots and um, trying to get the British players. So that's basically what I did from the very beginning was try to get speak to as many British players as I could, try to bring see who I wanted to bring in or who who would want to come and bring in some. These British guys want to explore different options, right? And if you're starting very early, May June, trying to get your British players, but a lot of those guys. Um, want to explore the market they want to see if there's anything out there bigger in terms of European competition not necessarily in the, in the British League but in the in the Europe see what options what offers are out there so it was about kind of waiting a bit of time to figure out who was going to be available I know Patrick Whelan was a guy that I wanted to go after fairly early um, I'll put it on record I tried to go after Kimball McKenzie as well but that fell through at the last second so uh, these type of guys um British guys were important for me. That's uh, it's important for we take care of the British guys and we want to grow the, the British the British players and help them play and um, be able to stay at home and play in good competition and earn a good salary at the same time. Um, and I think we've been able to do that this year. So that was the first part of it. And then once we got the British guys, it was kind of filling out from there. What what imports do we need? Where where do we want to get them from? Do we want Americans? Do we want European players? Do we want guys with experience? Do we want, do we want rookie players? Like um, trying to balance out and, and map all out. And so we have a couple of older guys. So like, do we need a couple more older guys to, to fit in with them? We've got a couple of 24, 25, 26 year olds that, that don't have families. We need a couple of guys like that so they can hang out. And like it's it's not just about for me just bringing in the like trying to bring in the best talent. And that's part of it, yes, for sure. But it's about trying to build a team. Um, no point, in guys. You've got seven guys that all have wife and kids, and then you've got one guy that doesn't have any family, and like he, he's going to feel separated yeah, from the group. So, it's, for me, it's about trying to build that the whole team, um, the team aspect of it, and guys that have things in common. Um, a lot of the people, the players I signed, I, I knew somebody from previous com- uh, conversations or relationships, or like Al Durham, is good friends with Clifton Moore, so like I knew him, so I, I spoke to Al Durham about it. Um, so these type of these type of connections I had from other people when I sign these players, I like to know as much as I can about them as before they, before I sign them. So heading into this season, is there going to be a different style of play of these new guys, or how are you hoping to kind of play the game? Um, well, yeah, it's a it's a bit different style to maybe what we're used to in the, in, in the British league. Um, we have brought in two European players, which changes the dynamic, change, right? Yes. So you bring in a Serbian guy that's used to kind of. Um, a lot of pick and roll, a lot of um, kind of half court sets, and then we bring in Lucas Ballet, who's who's played in Czech Republic for a number of years, played in Germany and Poland, but played in for national team for a long time. Um, so he's kind of used to this style of European basketball as well. Pharaoh's obviously been playing in Europe. Um, Trent was in Macedonia last year, which is a very similar to to. Serbian basketball and similar to what Pharaoh has played in previously so that's what I'm talking about building um, um, 
Ian Dubose played in Czech Republic, so he knows that style that Lucas has come from. He played played in Denmark, did really well in Denmark, so he's a type of athletic, kind of Al Durham replacement type of player, you know, like uh, really good defender, can really get downhill, can score the ball in many ways, gets his teammates involved. So like I'm, I'm trying to build this type of picture of of the style of basketball we want to play, we want to share the ball, we want to have guys that are, um, can play in different positions but also have their own strengths and their own um, style and so we're trying to merge that together with the British guys we already have with Fraser and, and, and uh, Kyle Jimenez and we added Kyle Johnson who's got experience as well in these different um, European leagues, he knows the British league as well, um, trying to bring American basketball, European basketball, the British, like trying to merge all that together, right? It's, it's, it's not an easy job to do that, but I'm trying to have pieces that have played in different situations. Yeah, like they know what it's like to go to Poland and play in front of 3,000 people when the fans are crazy, but they also know what it's like to go down and have a double header on the, on the road to Bristol and Plymouth. <laughs> So it's trying to bring all that together. Because our, our main focus is still the British League, right? That's still our main focus. Um, we want to be a top team in the British League. It's the European thing is, is, is excellent for, for building and a stepping stone for us moving forward, but the, the British League is still very important to us. So I think this time last season, we had into the season uh, when we spoke, Gareth, just with you on the bench before Daryl kind of joined you just before the season tipped. Now heading into the new season, you have Alan team back on the bench. How important is it for you to ha having these guys and what do they bring to the team? Yeah, it's, it's very important. I mean, there's situations where it's like the guys can get fed up with my voice for these guys <laughs> to come in and, and have a different voice, a different way of thinking of things, a different way that we can bounce ideas off each other. Um, Alan's, uh, Alan's a good guy about... Um, <sighs> like dealing with players in a different way um, explaining things in different ways which I think is like that's that's where we complement each other on that Daryl's got a different type of way of dealing with players as well he's very calm and in and, and quiet voice who's then understanding where I think it's a good balance of like for me right now, I've actually kind of changed the way I'm coaching now. I'm dealing with more experienced players. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot more conversations. It's a lot more um, details that we're talking yeah. about rather than me just getting, we talk about things and we're not doing it. Like with the, the different level of players that we're dealing with this year is, is completely different. Like think about last year, we had four rookie players, four or five rookie players. The team that never really experienced this type of basketball or professional basketball before. So now the way I'm coaching is completely different. Um, it's a lot more conversations, it's a lot more talking about things, it's more about the details. Um, so it's the, I think the way adding these two guys with myself, I think they definitely complement each other. We can throw ideas at each other and we actually have good conversations about what we want the, where the, the team to go. Brilliant. So pre-season is well underway, as you said, guys are in from the kind of start of August uh, and your guys are just back last night from Belgium. <coughs> Um, what did you learn about the team, but also what did you learn about the challenge ahead of playing the European competition? Um, yeah, the team, like like I said, we have 13 players, right? We're trying to figure out bringing all these type of style of the basketball together. Um, some guys have experienced this type before, some guys haven't. Um, the pre-season for us, like this weekend, we were away, we played Oostend twice, Friday behind closed doors, and it was a fan night for them on the Saturday, and then we played Antwerp the next day, so it was a tough it was a tough road, road trip for, for sure. Like. Play three games in three days, 
um, against good competition, so there's a bit of travelling in between those as well. But overall, it was it was successful for me. Um, we get to understand the mentality of players, but, um, who who can we put in, put in certain situations? Who can we finish the game with? How do we start the game? What's what's the best um, plays to run with these type of players to get them into their strengths? Um, so I think it was definitely beneficial. We we still have a lot of work to do. Um, playing in European basketball is completely different to the British league. Like you have to run multiple sets, mul- uh, not multiple sets, multiple actions to get open. Where maybe in the BBU after the ball's reversed a couple of times, the, you might have an open shot. In in Europe, you're having to do that three, four, five times before you can get an open shot, depending on the the level of defense. But noticing playing as well that the, the the changes the coaches make, you can see them straight away with not necessarily players, but adjustments that you're running plays and how they're defending different things. Um, so no, I think it was it was definitely very valuable for for me as a coach and for the players as well. Like trying to, we have tough competition. We have where it's not easy to catch the basketball. You've got tough post ups. You've got playing against proper seven foot bigs that are backing you down. Like it's it's just it was very valuable for me. So let's look close to home. The kind of majority of the league roster is now complete. Uh, who stands out for you as a potential kind of signing of the season, and who are you intrigued to match up against? Uh, to be honest, I think the the league has definitely taken a big step forward. Um, I think a lot of the a lot of teams have recruited very well. The, the, they add the different dynamic now with the six imports. Um, I think the British players are, are good, strong British players. They have on each roster as well. Um, some teams have done it completely differently where you see like Leicester have went for pretty much all rookies this year a couple of guys have got some experience but they went for I mean, was it four rookies maybe they've got this year compared to what they've done five is it that they've completely changed they brought everybody back from two years ago yeah. so like they, they've completely changed how they kind of like a, a, well, I, want, I don't want to say rebuilding year because every team in the, in the British League rebuilds every yeah, year so um, they're the team that's had the same team for two years and they've changed Newcastle have gone a different way. They brought in a lot of new guys to the league last year, and they said, "You know what? Let's go um, with guys that we know in this league. Uh, let's go with that, and we'll build that way." Bristol have kind of started. They brought a couple of guys back, and they lost some other guys to other leagues, and they've they've went with a, a couple of younger younger players as well. Um, Manchester's a new coach. A couple of guys from last year. Another one that we don't have a little bit of uncertainty with them. The Surrey's went from away from what they usually do. They so I think definitely it's uh, the league has definitely got stronger with the the, the level of player they've brought in. Um, it's hard to say. Like London again, they've leveled up again. They've gone to another level again with the the, the signings they have. Um, they know what they can do in in the domestic league. But Europe's their main focus, right? That's that's where they want to be. They want to try to do better than they did last year in, in Euro Cup. So um, the league is definitely going strength to strength. The everything about the league, to be honest with you, not just the level of players, but everything. The the Sheffield with their new venue, us with our new venue. You would know what Newcastle and Leicester bring. You got Bristol coming hopefully in a couple of years with their venue. Plymouth, I know they're having to look into a new place to move to as well. So um, it's definitely exciting for the league it's definitely moving and taking good steps forward but we need to keep growing I don't think we're just I don't think we can just be happy where we are right now I think we can definitely take a step forward um, Talk even talking to agents over the summertime they can see the steps forward the league is making which is good that means we can start getting some level of players players now that agents are seeing 
greater level of kind of domestic action in the UK? Yeah, definitely, definitely. They can see the the, the level of standards have, have definitely raised. Um, it's still it's still difficult. For us, playing in Europe definitely helped big time. Um, a lot of those players that we talked to, there was there wouldn't be any interest unless we were playing in Europe. Um, so yeah, I think it is. Agents are starting to say, "Oh, you know, this is this is a good league. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good um, place to go play," um, and the level is definitely right. I suppose as well, you've got to a situation where I think I was born. I clicked on a game on YouTube from the uh, season that ended earlier with COVID, and you're like, teams were only going eight players deep, if mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And we're now in a situation where you've got a thirteen-man squad. You've yeah. got London, who are obviously deep. Newcastle are probably going to go 10, 11 deep. Yeah. Every, the depth of the league is so much better. Yeah, definitely. I think that's where that the that six import definitely adds it because we're still like we want the British players to do well, but we're still in the struggle where a lot of the British guys want to play elsewhere or um, they want to test other places first, and then maybe they'll come back in a few years. And but we still have to start raising the, the level of pay for everybody, the level, the standards of living, and all this, all these type of things, the, the professionalism off the court. Um, I think the, the level on the court is definitely getting better, like we say with the arenas and all that type of thing. But I think we're still way behind of what, what other European um, clubs can offer. Um, but we're definitely taking the right steps forward. But yeah, like you say, the, the depth of the rosters are definitely increasing. You, even even five, six years ago, you maybe see a roster with six or seven yeah. guys on it. You know, So now you're definitely seeing, your teams are saying, oh, we need minimum of 10. We need minimum of 10 full-time professional players on the roster. Some even have gone further than that, like you say, 12, 13, London sometimes, I think maybe up to 14, you know, so we're just, you can definitely see that it's definitely increasing. It's a fair question. Um, what should fans expect from the team in the season ahead? Um, I think uh, for us, we're, like I said, we want to do we want to do well in domestic league. We want to we want to be one of the top teams. We want to, for me, we we need to come second. We want to play in European competition again um, after this year. So for us, our goal will become second. Like we know where London is. We know how much. We don't know exactly what they're spending, but we know they're 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 spending a lot of money and they've they've got big ambitions. They're playing in Euro Cup. They've level of players they brought in. Um, so I'm realistic. For me, we we need we need to come second. Um, so that means we need to be everybody else below us, and the style of play. I think we'll be sharing the basketball. We'll be there'll be some 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 nice highlights and all that type of stuff. But for me, it's about winning games. It's about winning games, playing team basketball. Everybody's involved. Everybody's included. You won't really see there'll be standout players for sure, but it could be a different guy each night. I don't see it being one star player. Or two star players. I think it's the the collective team um, is what's going to help us be successful in European competition and playing fifty plus games this season. Um, it's going to have to be a team effort. We can't rely on two or three guys just to be the main scorers or uh, the main contributors. We need we need everybody to be involved, and everybody's going to have their own role. Brilliant. Gareth, thanks for your time this morning. All the best for the rest of the preparations. And then, yeah, good luck with the season ahead. Thank you.